It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, welcome to episode 22, the Rookie Henderson edition of the podcast. Even though he wasn't exactly dominant in his short tenure with the Blue Jays in 1993, he was part of their second World Series team, so he'll always be a beauty for that. He played 25 seasons in Major League Baseball, was a 10-time All-Star, but my favorite part about Henderson was when he set the all-time record for stolen bases, and he said, Today, I'm the greatest of all time. Thank you. Absolutely hilarious. For those of you who know me, you know that I'm a considerable grammar nerd. When I was a kid, I represented my town of Iron Prayer at Parliament Hill for a spelling bee competition after finishing second in the local event. Yes, I lost in the word motley, and I'm still clearly not over it. Spelling and grammar nowadays is absolutely appalling, though. It can't just be me who loses their mind when you hear people say frustrating instead of frustrating. That drives me insane. Or how about those people that spell lose with two O's? I'm almost certain I've mentioned that before. And when you think you're spelling the word loose, do you think it has three O's? Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, the your, your, uh, your contraction, Y-O-U-R slash Y-O-U apostrophe R-E debacle is absolutely atrocious. But how about ones that go unnoticed? Because they're just generally accepted as being correct nowadays. That drives me absolutely bonkers. Ones like, don't take it personal. Nope. It's personally. Or think positive. Nope. It's positively. Or the one that absolutely drives me the most crazy is, that's real bad. It's No, it's really bad. Drives me crazy. I can't stand it. I know I shouldn't take it personal. And I should think positive but just ticks me off real bad. I digress. I'm excited to have on my next guest for the podcast. So without further ado, let's get cracking. Okay, now welcome on my good friend and senior audio operator at Bell Media. He's also the man editing these podcasts to make me sound better than I actually am. Some of you who watch SC with Jay and Dan might know him as the guy they call Nabesy, Grant Roberts. Welcome to the H-Dog Pod. Thanks, Hound Dog. This is really neat to be on. Actually, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little nervous. I didn't think I would be, but this is cool. Yeah, no, Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. That's great. No, I think the, I mentioned this in the podcast a couple episodes ago uh, when I had Katie on. I think it's a normal feeling to be a bit nervous. I am as well. I've, I've done this is episode 22 now, but still, it's still it's, it's a common refrain, I would say. Hey, it's a milestone episode. 22 is higher than 20, but <laughs> I like milestones myself and... When I get a hold of this, once you send it to me, this will actually be my 20th episode to edit. Oh, that's true. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You, you came aboard uh, after the first couple. and uh, Yeah. Wow, you asked so me, nice. uh, you said, hey, do you want to do a collaboration? And I said, love to. And haven't looked back. It's been great. And so why, do you, why, why milestones? Seriously, what, what, what's the significance? Why does it really matter? I don't know. I like them. You don't. That's the way it is. <laughs> I'll, I'll yeah, start. Two hundred games in the NHL. I don't care. Who cares about that? Yeah, that, that, that's sort of the ones I'm referring to. Not not yeah, so I much the uh, Alex Ovechkin one or whatever. Yeah, I don't care until a thousand. To be honest with you. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll be editing, uh, doing a thousand episodes, and then once we get to that, without question, uh, or even a, episode hundred, I will have to. Yes, uh, we'll have sponsors by then. <laughs> yeah, so perhaps a Kraken. Would be uh, one of them, and uh, maybe milestones. Nice. Milestones would be uh, yes. You know that would be the uh, apropos good word. Uh, then we would talk about nothing but milestones, <laughs> no matter how much you hated it. <laughs> That'd be great. Eh? If they're like, we will be your sponsor, but the only way we will do that is if you are forced to talk about milestones in sports for the entire episode. <laughs> oh yeah, man, I think we'd be. I think we'd happily oblige. 
Now, uh, I saw a, a picture you posted on social media today. We're recording this on, uh, was it May 11th? And you were none too pleased about it. I wanted to ask you about it. How much uh, do you love uh, the snow uh, in the middle of May? Oh, my God. I couldn't believe <laughs> it's May, May 11th, and I'm waking up to a couple of centimeters of snow on the ground. I mean, I understand that we live in Canada. I get it. But you're not used to it. It's just what sucks. When you're in the doldrums of winter in January, you can now go, wow, it can still snow four months from now. It's it's a little depressing. It's It's, it's gone now. But when you wake up to that a day after Mother's Day, you're like, enough. It's, like, let's it's, just get to summer. But uh, look, overall, I like the country living. It's it's very nice and quiet. Like my cousin once said, you have to earn your summers, which you do. Because um, we're like basically 20 minutes away from everything. We're kind of used to the isolation. So this uh, self-isolation of not doing a lot of stuff, we're already kind of used to. So it hasn't really hit us too badly. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you live? So we're outside of a little town called Budley, Ontario, and that's on the very west end of Rice Lake, which is kind of just where the Kawarthas kind of start. It's lovely. It's quiet. Beautiful stars at night because we don't have street lights and we can have fires in the backyard. And it's uh, I love it. We uh, moved here about six years ago and, and uh, I'm never moving again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't blame you for that because moving is the absolute worst thing to do in the history of the world. Even just as a single guy like I am, just one person moving is atrocious. I can't even imagine having to move a family. Good grief. That'd be awful. Yeah. And you know what? When we moved here, it was on the worst snowstorm we had back in um, January 2014. And like the moving truck couldn't even get up the driveway. And uh, it was terrible. And I, that's when we said, we're never doing this again. We're never moving. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, f- I find winter is pushed back more nowadays right like we don't get any snow till maybe december or january or something like that so the the consequence of that is then uh not having a great spring weather until may uh or late april last couple years i actually don't mind this uh not great weather though because if i can't go out uh, and and be playing golf uh, because of the obviously the covid19 pandemic if i can't be playing golf in middle of may i'd prefer if the weather was awful yeah. Now to prove that I listen to these own podcasts that I edit, I remember you saying that to cameraman Glenn. <laughs> yeah. And that was, uh, but what, maybe a month ago or something like that. I was like, if I can't golf, I'm going to be selfish and say, nah, let's have a bad weather. So, but yeah, so yeah. No, it would be nice oh, to have some nice weather soon. Right. Yeah. Well, generally we just skip from winter to summer now anyway. So <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Now, uh, <laughs> I mentioned, uh, you, uh, working for Bell, you've been an industry veteran. Tell us about your career. Oh, okay. Well, um, I first started out. Okay. So, I realize any reference I'm going to make is probably pretty dated to a lot of your listeners. But <laughs> that being said, I actually started at the building in 1992. Oh, wow. And for the first couple of years, I worked in uh, what's called post-sound, which means after a television show has been filmed, we add in all the sound effects that they want, a car door, a telephone, um, office chatter, kind of like that. After it's produced and it gets laid on and eventually final mix happens and it goes to air did that for a couple of years and then for the next six years i was what's called an a2 which really stands for an audio assist which you help uh mic up people on the show for your a1 which is the audio operator and i worked on shows like canada am and the dini petty show and then um got trained up in audio but 1998 and i've pretty well primarily been an audio operator since and I uh, got hired at TSN in 2003 when there was an opening. So I've been at TSN, I can't do my math, 17 years. 17 years, yeah, yeah, wow. Have you met any interesting uh, cool celebrities or for different shows? You mentioned Canada AM. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I first started, I mean, we're, you're not really supposed to do it, but I kept a little autograph book. 
so I would when I was micing up people, I would try to sneak an autograph and stuff like that. So I have some I had some cool ones because to name a couple, like I got Gordy Howes and uh, I got Neil Peart, which uh, he sadly passed away in January, and he doesn't really do a lot of that stuff. So when I tell people that, they say, "Well, you." it's not common for him to do autographs and stuff like that. So I was lucky for him to sign it. Like, and like, I realized I was looking through it the other day and I have a lot of people's autographs who I've, who have passed. Like I've got Roger Ebert and Robert Palmer. I think remember him from well, his solo career and the band power station, eighties reference, <laughs> just cool people. Like a couple of them would put really like some of them just signed in the name, but some had really nice messages for me and stuff like that. Like, George Takei, who played Sulu mm-hmm. on Star Trek, uh, he put one that said, to Grant, who gave me a, a voice that projected throughout all of Canada. So it was stuff like that. And, you know, Tommy Chong and Matt Sundin, Doug Flutie, Pinball Clemens, Roger Clemens. It was it's pretty cool. Wow, that's, uh, that's definitely a pretty cool list of people. Uh, the sports references I get, some of those music ones, I do not know anything about that. Oh, obviously, I know Neil Peart, but uh, some of those names... Uh, I was like, uh, especially uh, when you said in the in the eighties. There, I was born in, uh, in 1985, so I was like, Ooh. I'll be fair for the rest of the episode. <laughs> if I make any eighties reference, I will explain the reference. <laughs> That's good. Now, uh, working in audio, there you must have had a number of uh, or uh, embarrassing moments. Just you know, maybe putting the mics down at the wrong time or up at the right, at the wrong time. Uh, what's your? Do you have a really funny, embarrassing story uh, from all your time that you worked? Well, I've I've been kind of lucky where nothing's really happen major while I'm behind the board. But when I was an audio assist on the Dini Petty show, we had, uh, it was a big deal at the time too. I don't think she does much anymore. But we had Shirley MacLaine. She's a huge actor, seven, like 60s, 70s, 80s. People probably know who they are if they look her up. Redhead, sister of Warren Beatty. Mm-hmm. So we start the interview and she's on a, a wireless mic. So obviously it's powered by a battery. Well, the battery dies which is weird because I always battery up every show. And so I had to, we had to stop down. I had to go over to her and say, I'm sorry, I have to change the battery. And I'm like, and as I leaned over, she took my head and force motor boated me. (laughs) This is Shirley MacLaine, the world famous actress. This is in front of a studio audience. (laughs) What? Why? And I stood up just, you know, flabbergasted i said all i wanted to do is change your battery <laughs> she should explain herself what, what's that all about well i guess she was just going for a laugh and she did it and then <laughs> the next day if that wasn't bad enough deanie petty herself during her little opening kind of monologue brings me out onto the show to have me explain what happened then she did it to me <laughs> So I got oh, smothered by four breasts in two days. <laughs> I mean, I suppose there's worse things that could happen to you. Uh, that well, was supposed to be your most embarrassing story. Not, not that was the most embarrassing one because it was brought up at my wedding. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So that's uh, that's the one I always kind of remember. But <laughs> yeah, any other weird stuff? No, that's the weirdest thing that ever happened to me. Just that. It just took me by surprise. <laughs> I, I don't think there be there could be much worse or, or more sorry much more uh, embarrassing uh, of a moment or just shocking. Uh, no, that's that that's question. a nine wow. out of ten in embarrassment, especially <laughs> in front of the studio audience. Oh man! Well, it's a great story, obviously, for the wedding, and uh, I can imagine everyone <laughs> just lost their minds laughing over that one. Definitely, they did. And so you said you uh, started working at TSN in two thousand three. Uh, what was your first big story that you uh, had to work on? Within a year of me working there was the Malice at the Palace. Oh, damn. Um, 
so I think what was that? That was November. That was like a year later, November two thousand four, right? Let me check here. Yeah. They, so uh, that time. was my first kind of big, because I, I primarily did audio for news before, and you know stuff comes and goes. So this is the first one that kind of was stuck around for a long time because of the consequences and the punishment and stuff like that that happened after. So that was my that was my first big one. Yeah, the Ron Artest. Ron Artest. Yeah, Pacers and Pistons in a brawl. They went to some of the guys, the players went into the stands and brawled with fans and. It's just crazy to think that that ever happened. Like it, this is a, just a little bit before uh, like social media hitting its peak. I can only imagine if that happened now. How that would oh, break that would be that. crazy. Yeah, holy crap! I don't think, and there's never really been anything like that since, right? And that was 16 years ago. Yeah, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but no, I can't. There's something that immediately springs to mind where you're just like, holy crap! Nothing fan oriented. That's that's for sure. Jeez, yeah, no. <laughs> so for a first big story, you have to work on. That's uh, I would say that that, that constitutes a big one. Oh, I guess. Yeah. I guess it wasn't with the fans, but um, uh, the Todd Bertuzzi situation, where you oh went after yeah, Steve of course Moore. that that was before that, wasn't it? That was earlier that year. Yeah. So uh, right. Yes. Uh, okay. So so yeah. For some reason, I thought that was a year later, but you were correct. Yeah. And I was working at NHL at the time. NHL Network was at our building, and so we did so we did work for them. And I was working NHL Network the night that happened, and we had to stay really late because of. Uh, how bad it was. So yeah, November 19th, 2004 was the mouse in the palace. The Bertuzzi, Steve Moore, I was trying, yeah, it was March 8th, 2004. So yeah, just earlier that year. Oh my God. There you go. I think, I think believe I was talked to a former TSN veteran, Phil McSween, uh, a good friend of mine. And he said he was doing the highlight pack for that game. And it was, the, oh, yeah? it was on the eve of the trade deadline. So the, you know, <laughs> Oh yeah. Because all the trade de- deadline guys had to stay late. And I think that's what birthed the, the, uh, the all, the all day trade center, right? It probably would be because obviously, you know, I think that's, I think that's what happened because they wanted to go up early to talk about that incident. Plus the trade in line. Then they said, well, let's just do 10 hours from now on. Jeez. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's 16 years ago already. Man, time flies. I was talking to O'Toole about that on the last podcast about how time just flies like crazy. And it just, it yeah. really does feel like yesterday. It's, it's nuts. Yep. Now, uh, obviously, on those Trade Center broadcasters, uh, Bob McKenzie, who's been doing it forever. Uh, I've heard through Grapevine. I don't know the exact details of the story. I hear there's a an incident or, or a good story you have about Bob McKenzie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this still gets brought up by Gino Retta. So back in 2007, when I think it was Al McKinnis and Scott Stevens were going into the Hockey Hall of Fame. So it was right the day before that night or something like that. We're doing That's Hockey. And Bob McKenzie's on with Gina Retta. And so they were doing one-timers, which is short, kind of quick answers to rapid-fire succession of questions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Gino asked Bob McKenzie, because McKenzie and Stevens played together for the Kitchener Rangers when they won the Memorial Cup in, um, wow. in, 82, in <laughs> what, 1982. What a pair. So Gino asked Bob, he said, is that the best defensive hockey tandem you've ever seen play in the Memorial Cup? And Bob kind of got kind of cute and he said yeah they're pretty good but i'll go with bobby Orr and whatever stiff he played with <laughs> so kenny my technical director and jeff mott the producer both look over at me i look at them they start howling jeff goes bob can you just hold on for a second our, our audio guy wants to talk to you so i open my key to bob's ear and i said uh bob that stiff you talked about was my dad oh no way <laughs> And there's no way he would have known. <laughs> yeah. He's he he just meant that it doesn't matter who Bobby Orr played with. Bobby Orr was so good. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but 
I just happened to be the son of Bobby Orr's playing partner. <laughs> and he didn't know. So my dad played for the Oscar Generals in the mid-60s for four years, and he was primarily Bobby Orr's defense partner. Wow. Did he ever make the NHL, your dad? No. No. He played as a junior, and he, he went back to school, and uh, he had a successful career as a chartered accountant. Here's another thing, too. A lot of people think that Bobby Orr wore number four for the Generals. It was actually my dad who wore number four. Bobby Orr wore number two. We can our monitors have all the cameras, so we can look at him. He goes, he has this this weird expression. He goes, hold on, and he types on his laptop. And he goes, is his name Chris? I went, yeah. He goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually he I, I think he blogged about it the next day, and that's where a bunch of papers picked it up in North America. And my dad's office companions got wind of it and printed off a whole bunch of copies and put it all around the office and stuff like that. So. The best line that Bob McKenzie had for that, he said, you go on the air and make some obscure throwaway reference to a nameless, faceless stiff in junior hockey from the 60s, and the guy's kid turns out to be your audio operator. <laughs> so oh, that's man. that's when Bob, like, Gino still walks around saying, hey, how's the stiff? I'm like, he's good. He's good. <laughs> oh, I'm sure yeah, you guys share a laugh over that every time uh, when we're, yeah. we're working together. That's uh, that's hilarious. That. What I wanted answers? to tell you this story a while back, but I said, no, I'm going to hold it until I surprise you. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Obviously, it's uh, great to have the, you know, the reaction uh, for not knowing the answer. That's, that's, uh, that's amazing. How many uh, World Junior ch- Championships have you worked on? Uh, have you worked on a number of those? Oh, yeah. Um, not every year, but most years from 2004 on. Either in the studio where uh, we do the intermissions for the games, or I've been on the road a couple of years where... Um, I've either been the audio assist for when James and Bob kind of, if it's in Canada, James and Bob will generally go on the road and, and they'll, uh, sh- shoot live on location and I'll audio assist there or I'll, um, I'll be the audio operator for when they're on location. I saw you had a picture from a 2015, uh, world junior championship, uh, you holding the trophy. How'd you score that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's just the picture for the podcast. Yeah. Well, see what happened. So that night. That was the 2015. So we were in Montreal and we flew to Toronto and we did the intermissions for James and Bob for the, the whole run. So that picture of me holding the cuff, <laughs> we're wrapping up, which is we, we do what's called striking. We got to get all wrap up all the cables, put all the all the equipment away. It takes a few hours. And then they said, go to the bar across the street from the Air Canada Centre and they have a little, you know, little soiree happening. So we're in the back room and have a good time and it was fun. And cause we're kind of relieved in Canada one. So it makes it my, that much nicer to have worked on the show and stuff like that. So I'd use the washing and the washing was towards the front of the, um, of this place as I was walking. I don't know who it was. There's obviously someone with team, <laughs> the team Canada management. He had the, the trophy that they present to the winner. He had it. He just, shoves it at me and he hands it to me he goes here you go and it just keeps on walking by i'm on my way to the washroom <laughs> so i'm just looking and again kenny he's right behind me and he goes hold on i'm gonna take a picture of this and that's the picture so so did, did you ever did you ever ask for the uh the trophy back well no i i brought it back i said here, take this, guys. Maybe you guys want pictures with it because I didn't want to be responsible for it. No, of course not. Also, I was on my way to the can. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not bringing it into the washroom. Yeah, no, that, that you would, would obviously wouldn't want to be the uh, the man responsible for it, you know, breaking or something or anything like that, or or somehow uh, worst case scenario get, gets lost. 
I've no. Uh, yeah, exactly. And if you if you notice, I didn't want to hold it over my head. I don't. I think that's only supposed to be reserved for players. That's why I kind of held it out in front of me to show it. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, I definitely would be like, yeah, this is cool for about two or three seconds, and then immediately being the, uh, I would be like, okay, um, who can I pawn this off of? Uh, uh, immediately <laughs> after, no question about that. I said at the top of the podcast, nickname Nabesy. Uh, how did that come about uh, that you got that nickname? And is that the only one you've had at TSM? I've had like three or four myself. That came from Mr. Dan O'Toole because I lived, uh, I was born and raised in Oshawa for up till the age of 42. I'm 48 now. So, uh, so in 2009, we're getting ready to do a then just regular sports center. Um, and Jay and Dan were the hosts. And Dan happened to mention that he's moving to Oshawa. And I said, What street are you moving to? And he said, The street. And I said, Are you kidding me? You're literally down the street from me now. So we were neighbors. So out of that, he just, started calling me Nabesy okay. because we were neighbors. And then Jay just started calling me Nabesy. And then I just called them Nabesy now. So I don't think we've actually spoken each other's proper names for about 11 years. <laughs> so whenever you're watching, if you're ever, if I'm working the show, you're there. But to the listeners, if you're ever watching the show and they reference Nabesy, that's me. And I've had one kind of bout of, I don't know, what do you call it? Um, oh, you're that guy. When, I play slow pitch ball, and one of the guys, one of the new guys who joined the team last year, he was. He goes, "Oh, you work for TSN?" He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Oh, do you work on Jay and Dan?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Oh, what do you do?" I said, "I said I'm I'm one of the audio operators." He goes, "Oh, so do you know that guy Nabesy?" And the guys <laughs> with the rest of the team just started howling. And went, uh, "I I am Nabesy." Did you ask for your autograph? Uh... <laughs> I wouldn't have given it to him. I would have said, shut up and buy me a beer. No. Um, <laughs> no. So that's, it's only been one time where that's happened. It was still neat. One time is better than no times, but whatever, if it works, it works. So I'll go with it. So now I get a lot of people other than Jane Dan copy names now, but to answer your question, have I had another nickname? Yes. Uh, in my early days of audio assisting, again, this is Canada M in the Dini Petty days. We had to start really early. Like our call time was five thirty in the morning. And, uh. I'm in my early to mid twenties and I'm still like, I'm in a band. We're playing late at night and I have to get up and I was, I was late, not really late, but I was not on time at the proper time a lot. And one day I was really, and I wore this ill fitting hat, baseball cap, or it was my audio operator. Uh, his name is Chuck Reinhardt. Good guy. He taught me everything. He goes, that hat makes you, you look like Jughead from the Archie comics and sure enough. And if you're in those guys will make it stick, man. And I was Jughead for years. Uh, not great. In fact, I still work with guys back then who don't call me Grant. They call me Jughead. Yeah. The, uh, especially, did you resist the nickname at all? Uh, if you def, if you did that, they definitely, no, because that. it, no, I, I deserved it because I was, you know, I was late and it smartened me up. And after that, I wasn't late. Yeah, no, but, that, fair enough. That's, uh, I used to work at a, for one year, one summer at the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge Golf Club in Alberta, summer of uh, 2005, oh, yeah? which was fantastic. I used to play, you know, twice a day, practice all the time. It was amazing. But some of those shifts also started at like five in the morning because I was working in the back shop. Oh boy, those were those were tough times getting into work that early. No doubt about it. Yeah, I mentioned I had like three or four. Uh, originally, uh, it was Golf Town at work. Actually, no, I'd say it was Baconator. Because of the bacon air challenge I did I remember, a yeah. years ago. I, I remember that. I was there that night they were shooting that. <laughs> Man, I tried to eat five Wendy's bacon airs in one sitting, and I got through like three and three quarters. I had two Cokes, which uh, screwed me up on that one. 
And Jane Dan, did you know like, that we were taking bets in the in the control room? No, I I never knew that until this this exact moment. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's funny because yeah, Jane Dan like basically sponsored me because I said I'm not going to buy five baconators. That's kind of crazy. It's a lot of money. And they said, don't worry, yeah. as long as you finish all five, we'll we will we'll pay for them. I didn't, That's... but then they they did pay for them because it was just too funny. I actually don't know why you're called Hound Dog. You know, when people you don't ask, you just call them that. So why are you called Hound Dog? Yeah, so I went Baconator and then Golf Town for quite a while at work because uh, obviously I'm a big, huge golf fan. And I think, yeah. uh, I believe it was George Nassios. Originally, he was going to call me Nevada Bob, which would have been pretty good, but then he switched to Golf Town. A Hound okay. Dog, uh, I believe, came about from my old roommate, uh, Brent Elsley. We were just watching The Bachelor one night, and I'm not even exactly sure what I did or, or, or said or whatever, but he just said, looked at me and goes, You're a Hound Dog. And I, I had no idea how, like, what made him say that. No, no clue. But then I think I tweeted it out. I was like, oh, my roommate just called me a hound dog. And, and then some, I don't know who it was. Someone picked up on that. They called me that. And then just the, the ball went rolling. And uh, that's hound dog. So it's not an overly amazing story. Unfortunately, sometimes you wish your, your nickname stories were, were incredible. But uh, it's something along, along those lines. And, yeah, I've had that nickname for quite a while now. Yeah, you know what? I remember asking my dad about that in his hockey playing days. I said, did you ever had a nickname? And he just said, yeah, it was just Chrissy. Yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris turned into Chrissy. Those, those are the uh, hockey nicknames. Eh? Almost every single player is just they just add a Y to the end of their, end of their name. Uh, well, that's why one of the segments on the Jane Dan show was uh, for a couple of years nicknamesy because it was that exact same thing. Nicknames E because almost every player. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Oh, you know what I meant to tell you too. How dog speak? So when my dad played hockey with the Generals, he had a couple of teammates that you know uh, had some big things. Like he played with Wayne, uh, Wayne Cashman, of course. Mm-hmm. Boston Bruins, and I don't. Do you remember Nick Beverly? Uh, I, I definitely know the name. I, I can't say I remember watching him play. So uh, when Pat lot, Burns was fired as the head coach of the Leafs in the mid '90s, Nick Beverly replaced him. But he had a long kind of uh, journeyman career in the NHL, playing for uh, Boston, and he was the captain of the Minnesota North Stars one year. I think he finished his career. I think he played for the Penguins and the Rangers, and he finished his career with the Colorado Rockies under the tenure of one Don Cherry. Nice. Now my Nick Beverly and my dad were very good friends. We would always go up to his cottage and I was a late bloomer to kind of hockey fandom and teams. Um, I kind of like the Oilers in the early eighties just because I like Gretzky and I like following his, uh, how he was doing and stuff like that. But um, so there was one day Nick Beverly had visited my dad and I always remember this. I was 16 years old and it was a Monday. Now, this is the kind of thing where my wife says, how come you didn't remember to do the insert chore here yesterday, but I can remember these dates. <laughs> so, but they had gone out to lunch or something. So I get a phone call. I'm early afternoon and the guy, has a very, very heavy French accent. He goes, hello, is, I'm looking for uh, Nicholas. I said, Oh, he's not here. He's just out. Can I take a message? He goes, yes, please tell him to call Rogi. I said, okay, can you say your name again, please? He goes, Rogi. Rogi Vachon. Rogi Vachon. I went, okay, no idea. I'm I'm not really into hockey that well. I, I just didn't know. So Nick Beverly comes back and I said, hey, Nick, um, a guy named Rogi called. And he kind of went, oh, crap. And he uses her phone to call him back and he goes, I got to go. So that day, I don't know if you know this date. That day was Monday, August 8th, 1988. It was the day before the Gretzky trade. And Ooh. Nick Beverly was the assistant head coach of the LA Kings at the time. And Rogi Vachon was the GM. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was, I guess he was calling him to inform him. This is happening. Get back here. Oh, wow. 
can only imagine like just uh, the you know the shock waves. We're gonna get hit. Wayne Gretzky, excuse me. Yeah, I just wish I knew who it was at the time. Like if I was paying attention, because I would have said, "Hey, so what's going on?" Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Nick was a cool guy. He actually, we Nick was at my wedding, and and this is back in this is nineteen ninety five. We got married June twenty fourth, nineteen ninety five. So we're coming up on our not too far away from our twenty fifth. But Nick oh, was there. Another milestone. Another milestone. Oh That's yeah, there you go. Well, no, I always say to my wife, my wife. If you know what happened twenty five years ago soon? Foo Fighters released their first album. Also, we got married. <laughs> so Nick was, he, we're, you know, they're in the reception line. So the first thing Nick doesn't say to me is, hey, congratulations. He leans over uh, to me. He goes, um, the Devils won the cup today. They beat Detroit. Uh, they won 4 nothing, <laughs> in Like in four games. That's the first thing he tells me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was true. They, New Jersey won their first cup that afternoon. It was an afternoon game against Detroit. Afternoon? That's that's bizarre. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, on a Saturday. Yeah, that, that, was, that was the year they're... The start of the four straight Stanley Cups that were swept, which uh, were that's brutal. Four yeah, straight cups. That's right, because Colorado was ninety six against Florida. Ninety seven was Detroit against Philly, and ninety eight was oh, tell me Detroit over Washington. Oh, yeah. right, I forgot they won back to back. Now you mentioned Dan O'Toole uh, earlier in the podcast. Must be difficult, I must say, for you to follow in the footsteps of Dan O'Toole, who is obviously a, a legend. But the one episode before that, Katie was on as well, and she was fantastic. Yeah, I feel I feel this episode in reference to the wonderful April Fool's Day episode of 1993 from The Simpsons called "So It's Come to This." Is I think what you should call this episode. So but um, yeah, following Dan's little bit. No, Katie was. I, she was a great guest. Yeah, she was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I was listening to that story where she's talking about how. She's trying to get her show ready while she was so sick. <laughs> and I was laughing because this is kind of how I heard it. She goes, and I'm just getting sicker and I'm getting sicker. So I had another glass of wine and then I was, I was sick and I just didn't, I was feeling worse. So I had another glass of wine. I'm like, what? I thought that was the opposite of what you're supposed to do, <laughs> but it was hilarious. But one thing that she said, and I wasn't, it, it wasn't put in the podcast, but, um, and if I may, I'm going to insert it here. But she had a really nice thing to say about you. Let's take a listen. Well, you're doing amazing. Thank you. Seriously. Your it. pod sounds great. You're such a good host. You keep the conversation going so well that as a guest, I feel super comfortable coming on. Oh, I appreciate it. Maybe I'll uh, like A I'll because my resume. <laughs> No, seriously, though, like, A, because you're my friend, but then, B, just you as a host, if I had never met you before, yours would be one of the most comfortable podcasts I've done because you make me feel really safe as a guest. Because I've been on them before where the host just kind of lets me go free reign. I don't want that. I like a bit of structure, and I like a bit of knowing when to change the subject and stuff, and you are outstanding. You're a really, really good podcast host. So there you go. Yeah, no, that, that was uh, such a wonderful compliment from her, and I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, she's you know? awesome. I really liked her as a guest. Yeah, and uh, hopefully uh, you feel the same, and you're not like, oh, God, this is a host that I, I'm saddled with? Good grief. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best thing here is that I can edit myself however I want to sound stupider or, if possible, smarter. Yeah, you can do the Probably same not thing. Probably possible. I shouldn't, I shouldn't ever piss you off, too, because you could do the same thing for me, right? You could just make it, oh, that's the guy. That sounds like a clown. Yeah, I can... I can I can I can put together sentences that you never did say. <laughs> yeah, just to splice a bunch of stuff together. Oh man, that would be that'd be hilarious. Uh, you uh, mentioned uh, being in a band earlier. Uh, how long have you been in a, that band for? Are you guys still uh, still working? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, we started a band. It was kind of a niche kind of genre. It's called, uh, there's a couple of terms for shoegazing or um, kind of dream pop, where it's kind of loud, floaty guitars, a lot of reverb. And so we were in, we were heavily into that stuff in the early 90s. Bands like My Bloody Valentine and Catherine Wheel and Slow Dive. And, and that really influenced how we played music and stuff like that. So we started a band. Uh, the band's called Jasper's Mind Melt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't, I think our guitarist Will came up with that name. We put out a little self-produced EP back in 94. Independently, it sold well. It was kind of neat. We didn't, we lasted maybe till the next year. And then we kind of went our own ways, got married and had kids and stuff like that. Well, last year we decided we have the equipment and knowledge and stuff like that now plus will who i just mentioned was very adept at uh, recording music i i kind of suggested did you want to just for fun re-record some of the old stuff plus some new stuff and the and two of the guys were into it so over the course of last summer we recorded and put together an album we put it out last year and you know for guys who just self-produced and self-marketed you know we had some minor success and enough to pay for the to pay for the uh producing of the album and so that was fun we got played on radio stations and there was one uh, there's one in la there's one in nice france munich germany there's one in england that's sweet so yeah that was that was a lot of fun yeah that was that was uh we got more of it than we expected we just wanted to do it for ourselves and you know and it had some minor success and it was a lot of fun so i think you should play uh some of uh, a track of your favorite song on this that's so nice of you i can just add in a song right now (laughs) I'll do it in my old DJ voice because that's what I that's what I used to do when I started out. All right, now here is Fiend Angelica by Jasper's Mind Melts. So there you go. Well, thanks for asking to play that. That was cool. Yeah. The guys in the band will love that. Are they? Are you guys still <laughs> doing uh, some music? Or yeah, yeah, we're still um, uh, we're still writing and stuff. We can't obviously we can't really do anything right now except kind of pass ideas over the phone and 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 calls and stuff like that. Until I mean, we could easily record separately, but you kind of at some point need to get together to. Uh, discuss producing and and mixing and stuff like that. So we're just kind of keeping ideas going. And whenever we get an idea, we just kind of send it via email or, you know, with an MP3 or something like that. So yeah, still kicking. It's it's still lots of fun. I like, uh, I like doing that stuff. It's, it's really fun to create your own stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I started with this podcast. I used to do the going for rogue podcast with two mom, uh, Mike DeWong and uh, Adam Scully. And I figured, you know what? I like podcasting, doing my own stuff and, you know, staying busy and, and, uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun to do that, and I'm excited. I'm so glad you've uh, been on this uh, podcast for your milestone 20th episode uh, editing. Editing, it's not that's a hard word to say. Editing, it is. I hate saying it. I can never not editing, but edited. That's the word I yes, hate. That's true. Edited. Yeah, for sure. Now, I mentioned off the top of the podcast, you haven't heard this yet because I obviously uh, uh, recorded this before having you on. 
yeah. the things that drive me insane. I, I want to know what, if you think this as well. I was wondering about how people uh, say frustrating as opposed to frustrating and uh, different types of things like that. Or people say real bad as opposed to really bad. D- is there any uh, things that people say or write that just drive you insane? Yes, there are, there are a few. I actually, yeah, I catch myself saying that. Like if you say, whoa, he's playing that real loud. It's, you know, you're, you're supposed to say it loudly. Loudly uh, or, or, I, I or really loud. Yeah, or really loud. I'm so not really true. type one like that, but yeah. Or if people say all of the sudden, Ugh. or my the worst one I hate is when people say a whole nother, because nother is not a word. Right. You can say it's a it's a whole other piece of whatever, but people think they can break up the word another and just say it's a whole nother. That's true. And that's been anal grammar talk with <laughs> Hound Dog and Grant. I actually, I noticed I've said this one, I think it was last podcast and this one maybe once or twice, uh, cause instead of saying because, and I, and I, and I, and I say it and I go, why, why am I saying that? That's, I can't be complaining about grammar if I'm throwing out words like cause as well. So, uh, you know, Oh my God, I can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to that, honestly, there, there is just so much that like, especially like lose and people spell it with two O's or the one that the your slash, uh, you know, Y O U R apostrophe R E Y O U R apostrophe R E. So many people get that one wrong. Oh my goodness. It drives me yeah, insane. I purposely got, I drilled that. I drilled that into my kids younger. So they text properly. Yeah, that's funny you say properly because I think a lot of people would have probably would have said, yeah, that they would text proper. And it's just, no, it's properly. So well done on that one. Uh, thank you. How do I, you and I, we have to lead by example. Exactly. And I'm like I said, I'm sure I've had, uh, I've been complaining about grammar throughout this podcast. I probably have had like seven or oh, eight. Oh, I probably uh, have things. two and I even realized it. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that's, yeah, that, that's the game. Spot the uh, grammatical errors. <laughs> Y-O-U-R apostrophe R-E. Uh, go back and listen to the, uh, to the podcast a second time for some strange yeah. reason and uh, notice the errors. Yeah. Give us crap. <laughs> thank you so much for Grant for being on the podcast and uh, we'll talk to you soon. And thanks for all your uh, hard work on these pods. I love doing hound dog and this is an honor to be on and thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye. That was Grant Nabesy Roberts, the senior audio operator at bell media. And he had some epic stories, loved his most embarrassing moment that he told where he got motorboated. What a riot that was. And the Bob McKenzie story about some stiff, his dad playing with Bobby or that was Truly tremendous. Not only does he edit the pods, but he's also the voice at the introduction and conclusion of these episodes. And he also records hilarious replacement words whenever a guest swears in the H-Dog pod. So keep up the great work, Grant. Uh, uh, making me sound uh, pretty good. Please. Uh, seriously, I please. I uh, need all the help I can get. Thank you so much for listening to episode 22 of the podcast. Bang. This has been the H-Dog pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Uh, I'll get you out of here on this. Hold on. This is going to be a blooper. Hound dog, you got to hold on. I have to use the washroom. (laughs) (laughs) Give me two seconds, okay? Hold on. Hold on, bud. That's going on the blooper reel. I said to myself, I'm not going to swear so I don't give myself extra work to do, but (laughs) that's probably going to be something that's going to happen. For those of you who know me, you know that I'm a considerable grammar nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> I just tattle on myself. <laughs> oh boy. Grammar. Grammar, not grandma nerd. Oh my god. Okay, let me try again. <laughs> For those of you <laughs> I can't I can't. <laughs> <laughs>
rabbit nerd. Oh my god, I'll never be able to live that one down. <laughs> oh crap. Oh man. Holy. <laughs> wow. Take two on that one. <laughs>